please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to make a very quick introduction. I won't do any reviews because I've got so much to cover today, so much territory to cover today. We are in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Everybody goes, yes, we know. And uh, <laughs> we've memorized that verse now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it says there, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. There is an exclamation mark after that. And we are really looking at the exclamation mark. Why is it there? Why was he so excited about making this statement? And I believe, as I've said before, it is because of his revelation of what he is saying right now is the reason why they just couldn't kill him. He was the one person that lived as long as he was meant to live. And when he was ready to go home, he went home. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, all the others were martyred. So in, and in verse 2, he, he goes on to say, Beloved, now, now are we children of God. And now we are children of God, depending on what version you're looking at. So we are, we've been looking at some, the tremendous benefits of being a child of God. Amen. And uh, today, I, I promised you last week, we'll get on to the subject of angels today. Because that is one of the areas uh, that we are privileged to have working for us and around us. Amen? Amen. And that those are angels. So we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verse 14. In Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all angels ministering... I'm reading from the NIV, by the way. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Now, how many of us have inherited salvation? The moment we made Jesus Lord. Amen. We sang it. Okay. <laughs> we received the Holy Spirit, but we also received salvation. Amen. And um, this is similar to the Old Testament promise in Psalm 91. We're going to have a look at that as well. It says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. The literal translation says to protect you wherever you go. To protect you wherever you go. Amen. And we need to be aware of that. You know, wherever we are, there are angels around us looking after us. Their job is to look after you. That's the reason such a tragedy when something happens to Christians. Listen to me. Because of a lack of knowledge. Because they don't know. And so they don't allow God to work in the ways he needs to work. And the angels of God to work in the lives of... Remember again the difference between... You know, when we saw Mary, when the angel spoke to Mary, and she had a question, but then when she kind of understood what he was saying, she said, let it be unto me according to your word. Zechariah said, how can these things be? Forget about it. You see, that is what gets, gets destroyed for a lack of knowledge. On the other you might have a question. You can ask questions, but don't attach unbelief to it. Amen. Amen. So we need to understand that there is so much working around us and we need to cooperate and we need to align ourselves with God in order for the thing to work. Amen. Now, we're going to see some of those things today. In other words, as God's own children, we now have angels all around us looking after us and serving us or ministering to us in a variety of ways. This goes back as far as the book of Genesis. So I'm not going to be looking at all the scriptures because we, <laughs> good morning. I won't be looking at all the scriptures. We'll never get through it. So I'm just going to hit some highlights today. 
but I want you to know, first of all, in, uh, far back as Genesis 19 and 11, remember the angels that blinded the men of Sodom when they tried to get jiggy with them. And I'm going to just say that, okay? <laughs> All right? and, uh, and, and when they were taking Lot and his family out, just before Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. So we see that event, you know, it's very interesting that the angels blinded them. Now we'll, let's move to 2 Kings chapter 19. See, they can do stuff on your behalf. You might say, well, I don't have the, the faith to do that. Don't worry, they do. Just let them do their thing. Amen? Do you know when you say, God, I trust you, whatever situation I'm in, I want you to get a different perspective on that. Can I give you a different perspective now? Because a lot of times we sort of think, well, we're on our own. Do I have the faith? And if I don't have the faith, it won't work maybe. Who's had that thought? Be, be, be truthful now, everybody. Okay, all right. Okay. I want to give you a different perspective. When you say, when you say God, I trust you, I want you to see something else happening. I want you to exercise your faith in a different direction. I want you to exercise your faith in the direction that all the angels go, fine, we will. Hey, you said, we will. <laughs> okay? Our, our job is to look after you. You are the, the king's kids. Uh, if anything happened to you, we have to answer. So, <laughs> no, seriously. So, understand something. You're walking through a dark alley... And you're thinking, I think I'm going to get mugged. And you say that, now worry about the mugger. Because he's about to get mugged. If he jumps out, something else will jump out in front of him. That He'll have to change his shorts. Let's just say that. Seriously, some of those things, some of God's angels are so massive. And, you know, I think out of mercy, God doesn't show us all of them. Some of them have four faces. Some have eyes all over the place. I mean, it's just, read Ezekiel. It's just weird, man. I mean, some of the things that are up there are just, just and, and Revelation. It's just unbelievable. It will, it, it, will, it will keep you up at night. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, but they're not there to harass you. They are there for you. Get it? So, praise the Lord. Okay, so... Let's, <laughs> I was going to 2 Kings chapter 19. So here we have the king of Assyria waging war uh, you know, against uh, Hezekiah, the king of uh, Jerusalem. In 2 Kings chapter 19, I'm going to begin reading in verse 35. It says, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out. So, you know, here it is. Here's a king that has come against Hezekiah. They pray, and this happens. All right? It says, it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out. How many angels? One. One angel. One. Okay. One. Okay. And killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And God paid overtime. No. <laughs> no. No, I added that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a lot of people to kill. You know, one night. One night. One angel. And it says, and when people, uh, when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Now, these are the people of the, the city, okay? When they came, they were all dead. Remember, the battle is God's, not yours. Amen? We just enforced the victory. And we have armor to keep us safe. No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then, of course, there's the famous incident in 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm, 
racing through this because I want to get the New Testament because that's a, the, the, the time that we live in. But I want you to see what these guys can do. Amen? I want you to get a picture of this. So, and, and let me just say this. It was very interesting as I was doing a study on all of this. I, I realized something. Depending on the threat, they will show up to counter whatever is, you know, uh, the level of threat. They'll bring that and more to the party. These people had problems, man. I mean, they were being attacked. They were being killed. So angels turned up to do the same back. They, they turned up to fight. Can I say that? We're not going to find that happening in the New Testament for a reason. You know, they were a bit more civilized by then. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? But I want you to see both of these because, you know, there are times and places you go sometimes, you don't feel really safe. You don't know what's going to jump out of the bushes. You know what I'm trying to say? So you need some Old Testament angels happening for you. Okay? <laughs> and then, but mostly, you will identify with what we're going to be talking about in the New Testament. But no, that's available. 2 Kings chapter 6. Here we have uh, Elisha the prophet. We know this. It's a very famous incident. Remember again that... Uh, let me give you a quick background here. So... There's a king that's, again, Syria. I believe it's a Syrian king again. That was making war. This, this is before, okay? All of this happened. All right. And uh, <laughs> every time he wanted to do something, Elisha knew what was going to happen. Told, you know, his side where they were going to be, what they were going to be doing. And this king said, there's a traitor in our midst. And they said, no, no, it's not. Don't kill us. It is not us. There is this prophet. If we get rid of him, all our troubles will go away. Are you all with me? So a whole army turns up at one man's doorstep. Well, there's him and the, the servant, but the servant isn't, yeah. No, no, no. Anyway, okay, <laughs> which we're going to find out in a minute. So here we are. This whole army turns up. I want to draw your attention to something because you all know this story. So I want, don't want to go into too much detail here. But let me read in verse 16, second, uh, 15, excuse me, Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15. It says, and when the servant of the man of God arose and uh, early and went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, uh, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? In other words, I'm freaking out. Maybe I should have found some other employment. This is not a good move. <laughs> they, they said there'd be problems, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. Anyway, verse 16. Listen very carefully. So Elisha, so he, that's Elisha, answered, Do not fear... For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Meaning that the first thing that Elisha would have seen. See, I want you to catch this. This is the important part, okay? The servant got up and saw the circumstance. Elisha would have woken up and seen all the horses and chariots. Notice he didn't say, Elisha doesn't pray at all. All Elisha does is say, God open this guy's eyes. Why is he asking him to open his eyes? Because he's saying, can he see what I'm seeing? Because I'm seeing something. So he wakes up. I, I, I'm using artistic license. So don't, don't say, where is it in the verse? It isn't. I told you I'm not. Okay? I'm, okay? Uh, this is artistic license. I reckon Elisha woke Just by reading this. You know, sometimes you need to be in the spirit a little bit. Okay? Just by reading this, I reckon Elisha woke up. And he, you know, the servant came and freaked out. He came out and he thought, wow, there's a lot of chariots up there. Not the ones down there on the mountain. I almost think he thought, what's going on? <laughs> you know, why do we have an army behind me? We're going to find out it's around Elisha. 
listen. And then he looks down and goes, oh, poor people. I was going to say another word, but see how, okay. it's on YouTube, man. See how, I want you to get something here. The man of God sees the solution before the problem. The servant sees the problem before the solution. Which one are you? There'll be times when you, <laughs> there'll be times when you wake up and God might say something to your heart and encourage you somehow. And, you, and your question is, okay, why do I need that? I'm very encouraged. I feel like I can go and charge a mountain, but why? <laughs> okay. And then when whatever comes your way, you go, oh, that's why. And while everybody's shaking their knees and, you know, you are standing strong. Because God has prepared you. You've seen into the spirit first. And then whatever comes your way, you're ready for it. It's just like Elisha when he woke up. He saw, I believe, on, with all my heart, I believe he saw all the chariots. And, uh, you know, again, artistic license. I'm sure one of the angels turned around and winked at him and said, yeah, we're here. You want us to do something? <laughs> you know, we haven't had a lot of work lately. The whole nation doesn't believe. You're the only one. So here we are. We're all here. We're all available. I think they were itching for a fight almost. You know, I mean, they're God's angels. I am, again, I'm just taking some artistic license. Okay, please don't read too much into this. But I want you to understand what's going on. These guys, you know, don't wake up and yawn and go, Oh, dear Lord, you know, do we have to go do something? They're like, we're ready. They're like on steroids. They're wanting to do something. Mm. And what do we do? Oh, it's probably going to be a bad day. And they go, oh, well, put your swords back in. Forget it. Nothing's going to happen today. Hello. Amen? All right. Anyway, let's continue. Verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opens his eyes, uh, uh, the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Did you see that? They were there to look after him because he believed. All right. <laughs> but what I love the next verse and I want to introduce this verse to show you something. Just because you have him doesn't mean you use him. As children of God, we need, to, we need to go down the compassion road first. But I think it's really good. You can be compassionate when you know you're going to win. When there is no question that you're going to win. Now remember the last time what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember how the angels blinded them? I want you to listen carefully to what happens here. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord. Who prayed? Elisha prayed to who? The Lord. What did he say? And said, strike these people, I pray with blindness. The angels could have done that by... I, I want you to get something here. So, when this, so again, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike these people, I pray blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Wow. So very interesting here. I want you to see that even though God's angels are ready for battle... Elisha found another way. Amen? A much more peaceful way. 
and had a very favorable outcome. In verse 23, it says in 2 Kings chapter 6, it's a very funny story, by the way, but I don't have time. It says, so the bands of Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. They were like, this is too much for us. We can't manage this. I mean, who can strike a whole army blind? One guy, one guy struck all of us blind. They went, they said, we're not coming back here again. <laughs> this is not a good pond to play in. All right, so uh, I've said here again, you know, and as I mentioned before, there are numerous examples of angelic appearances uh, and interventions in the Old Testament. But again, because we live in New Testament times, as sons and not servants, according to Galatians 4, 7, remember we looked at that scripture verse before, I want to spend most of our study time now here in the New Testament, beginning in Acts chapter Five. So please turn there. Acts chapter 5. We're going to be reading um, in verses 14 through 23. In verse 12 it says, Through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's port. So this raised a problem. Instead of the religious leaders rejoicing, they got mad. Okay, Because they can't do this stuff. Amen. Verse 14. And, the, and it says, and, the believe, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, verse 15, so that they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, and at least the shadow, uh, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Verse 16. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So can you see what's going on here? Okay, we, we need to get some context here. All right, <laughs> so all sorts of miracles are going on, okay? Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with gladness, is not what it says. Sad, isn't it? They were filled with indignation. Can you believe that? You know, I just, every time I read that, I just look at it, and it, I just have to shake my head. It just, I can't, it's disbelief. When people are receiving their miracles and the religious people rise up and don't rejoice. Wow. Which begs the question, what is your religion? What is it that you are looking for? What do you rejoice in? Obviously not in the freedom of others. Anyway, moving on. And uh, where were we? Verse 18. And laid their hands on the apostles, not to bless them, (laughs) okay? And put them in the common prison. Now, I would have at that point in time said, God, now's a good time to intervene. They would have seen him coming. Remember what I'm sure, you know, uh, Pete Pete would have said, uh, remember Elisha? Where are them angels? I'm sure they're still around somewhere. Hello? But remember Elisha, he didn't use them. Okay? All right. So, here we go. They get put in prison. Verse 19. Here's the angel part. Okay? But, But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said... So who did this? An angel of the Lord. When? After they were in prison. Okay? And, say, and he gives them instructions. He said, go and stand in the temple. Speak to all the, the people all the words of this life. 
And they went, uh, uh, and when they heard that, verse 21, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. This is the same place, this is the same place they got arrested, okay? But the high priest, watch now, and those with him came and uh, called the council together. They don't know this has happened. With all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they you know, these guys are out preaching. They don't know. So they're saying, okay, bring the prisoners. That's why I need to read on because this is very funny. Okay, well, <laughs> we didn't need to, but I want to. Verse 22. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. But, it says, but when the officers came, uh, know how God works. When the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, verse 23, saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely. The door still closed. Look at verse 19 again. Sorry, guys. Look at verse 19 again. And an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. These guys go back and the door is shut. I just think it's interesting that when an angel does a job, he doesn't leave loose ends. Amen. Because had it been open, they would have thought that the apostles picked the lock and got out. You know what I'm trying to say? So they, they, what they do is they leave things as they found it. They lock the door. <laughs> okay? And so this happens. Uh, saying, indeed, we found the prison, prison shut securely. And the guards standing outside before the guards are still there too. They don't know. But when we open them, that's the doors, we find no one inside. I'm sure they looked at the guards and said, excuse me, what happened? They go, what do you mean what happened? We've been standing here all night because we know if we go to sleep, we die, okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, there's nobody in there. You've got to be kidding. No, I'm sure they're in there. We've been here. Nobody's got past us. I'm making a little extra conversation here. Do you see what's going on here? When you have a deliverance, it's miraculous, it's supernatural, and it's tidy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Nothing left behind to incriminate you. They, they can't, they can't, they can't say to them, you picked the lock and got out because it's locked. Nobody saw them going out. Amen. I almost wonder if they... Uh, no, that'll bake a noodle. All right. Let's go. I can get very sciencey and geeky, but I won't today. So, what we see here is how the angels of God and the children of God work together to accomplish God's perfect will in the earth. Amen? They were doing God's will. They were thrown in prison. They said, no, that's not happening. Angels come, get them out, lock the doors, and say, keep going. You know, they could have said no. Interesting. You know, you need to know this. We've been in prison. We don't want to go back. Could have been the answer, but they said, no, that's fine. You tell us to do this, we go do it. Hallelujah. Okay. Also in Acts 8, verse 26, we are told that it was an angel. Thank you. Who directed Philip to go and meet with the Ethiopian eunuch. I'm not going to look at that because, again, we're running out of time. And minister the word of God to him. And what's interesting about that is, once this angel turns up and Philip goes there and finishes ministering to him, remember he gets translated. And he gets translated to a distant location. We don't know exactly. It tells us where it was, and I worked it out sometime. I can't remember now. Sorry. Okay, but it was far away. I thought, wow, that's pretty far. Amen. So supernatural things are still here for today. 
Amen. And it's, it should be available to us. In fact, we should be walking in this as a natural way of life. You know, we want to go home to, you know, another country. We should just be able to turn up at mom's place or dad's place or auntie Wade's place. Spend the day and translate back to Australia. Without having to stamp our passport. Interesting, eh? This stuff has happened to people. Anyway. When we get to Acts chapter 10, let's move on quickly. There's another incident recorded involving an angel, verses 3 through 6. So Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, uh, he had a vision uh, in which he saw an angel, the Lord, uh, coming to him and said to him, you know who this is, Cornelius. There we go, okay? The angel said. And Cornelius stared at him in terror, obviously. I told you these guys are big. They're not the little babies with the little tummies and the little bow and arrows. You know, you want to swat that with a fly swatter. It's not one of those. These guys turn up and, you know, yeah, you know, I've said before. Okay, so, okay. so Cornelius stared at him. Notice in terror. What is this? What is it, sir? I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way. He said, what is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have not gone unnoticed by God. Now send some men down to Joppa to find a man named Simon Peter. Verse 6, he is staying with Simon, a leather worker who lives near the shore. Ask him to come and visit you. Now, this is when Peter has his housetop vision following this, okay? Because Pete needs to be prepared. Pete doesn't go into Gentile houses. Pete, you know, is a Jew through and through, okay? And so God brings his whole vision, you know, with all the, the animals, you know, and, and, and he says, oh, no, I'm not going to touch any of that stuff. I'm a Jew, man. I, I'm just adding a bit here. He says, I ain't touching it. That's unclean. I'm not touching it. This is a test. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Who knows, you know? <laughs> so God says, hey, 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 whatever I deem to be clean is clean. So that takes care of all the things that people say. Oh, yes, but, you know, what about all the unclean things? Pray. They'll get clean. Oh, I know that this is a good restaurant. Pray. You don't know where it's been. (laughs) Okay? Amen. Always pray. Trust me. Okay. And when God does this, Peter opens his mouth and makes this, this iconic statement. He says, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Okay? He begins to realize that this wasn't just for the Jews. Finally. The penny dropped. Yeah, okay. Next in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46, it goes on to say, this is all because of this. Cornelius was instructed by an angel, go get Peter. Peter comes, has all these visions, comes, ministers to them, and something incredible happens. I'm, I'm racing through this, I'm sorry, okay? Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, this is to Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision, those of the Jews, who believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Isn't that incredible? All this began with an angel turning up and saying, go do this. This is how God works. Amen? All right, following this, Acts chapter 12, we're almost there. A lot of verses here. Beginning in verse 1. Here's another angelic appearance. He says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Verse 2. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So that's where one of the uh, uh, apostles gets martyred. 
Verse 3, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Verse 4, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Church didn't take this line down, okay? Verse 6, and when Herod heard about, uh, was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping. Notice Pete sleeping. He's not sweating blood. What do you do in a storm? Oh, brother, I just walk around the house and pull my hair out. Stop, you go bald. Take my word for it. No, okay? No, no. Don't do that stuff. Notice, you know what Peter is doing? The same thing Jesus did when they were in the storm. He was asleep. Remember when they came and said, don't you, don't you care? We're going to drown. He's like, are you kidding me? So Pete learned his lesson. Pete now sleeps wherever he is. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's cool. God look after it. Whatever, you know. And you need to be that way. All right, moving on. <clears throat> and it says, <laughs> Peter was sleeping, verse 6 again, bound with two chains between two soldiers. How can you sleep like that? He went to sleep anyway. That's a miracle in itself. And the guards before the door were keep uh, 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 the door were keeping the prison. Verse seven. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Means he suddenly appeared. When it says behold, it means look. Suddenly there was okay. It's and and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. He was so asleep he had to hit him. I'm sure the angel was like, Pete, hey, Pete. Oh my God, this is asleep. <clears throat> Pete, wake up! Oh, okay, all right. So you need to know that Pete was asleep. He had cast all his cares on God. Okay. And he says, arise quickly, and his, his chains fell off his hands. Wow. Oh, anyway, he says, verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandal. He's getting him dressed. He says, hurry, I put your sandals on, you know. Put your clothes on. And so he, he did. And he said to him, put your garments and follow me. Verse 9. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel uh, was real. He, but thought that he was seeing a vision. He's thinking he's having a little dream here. Verse 10. Verse 10. Okay. <laughs> when they were passed, at the first and second guard pours, they came to the iron gate which leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. I think that is incredible. The gate's like, go right ahead. And you didn't think inanimate objects had a mind of its own. All right. Do you know why I think that? Because we know there is a sword in Genesis that had a mind. A lot of people think it was the angel with the sword. It wasn't. There was an angel and a sword. And it says whichever the people, you know, whichever way it needed to move, it moved of its own accord. Well, it could have been an angel. Why? Why have an invisible angel and a visible angel? Just saying, moving on. I'm challenging a little bit today. I know, one minute, I get it. All right. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel, immediately the angel departed from him. Once he did his job, he didn't hang around, he left. Do you see this? This is how God will deliver. See, when they come, they'll come to do a job. Don't chit chat. Okay, they're not big talkers, unless you are entertaining them without realizing it, 
Oh, then they will talk. But, I, but then you don't know. All right. So <laughs> uh, and it said, and verse 11, when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the uh, ex- uh, expectation of the Jewish people. Hallelujah. Verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Interesting where he goes, to where people are praying. Okay, that's where he's drawn to. Verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Verse 14, she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness. She did not open the gate, but ran and announced that Peter stood before the gate. I'm sure Pete was going, uh, excuse me? Hello, come back. The gate is still locked. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, this is a funny scene. Anyway, Verse 15, but they said to her, you're beside yourself. I added that. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. Watch what they say. So they said, it is his angel. Isn't that interesting? That they, what they interpreted what she saw, not as him, but his angel. They believed in angels. Amen. Verse 16, now Peter continued knocking. Yeah, you know, Pete's still out there. Hello. Okay. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So here we see an angel. See, again, I told you, depending on the level of threat. Okay. They will work as efficiently and as quietly as possible. But if somebody declares war on you, they will turn up. And they will be seen. (laughs) Okay. Or their presence, whatever they do, will be felt. Sorely felt, let me add. Okay, so these are just some of the angelic interventions that are recorded in the New Testament and the enormous privilege that we have as the children of God to work and interact with these incredible beings. And why it says in Hebrews 13, 2, this is what I alluded to before, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. I know you guys have had, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm seeing little thumbs up. Oh, it's happened to you guys. You've had angels look after you. And some of you have not realized it. Sometime later on, the penny is dropped and you go, oh, hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, that happened to me as well. Anyway, and they're so, they never come with wings. I'm just letting you know. They didn't have shiny robes. They look very ordinary. They drive... <laughs> um, very used cars if they need to. I'm trying to say it nicely. Okay? <laughs> okay? So you don't feel, you, they won't turn up in a Porsche. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can touch that. Seriously. They'll come in a way that you feel most comfortable. That's their job. They can be anything. They are there for you. Not to freak you out. They're there for everybody else that's not on your side. They'll freak out. You They're there for you. Get it? Okay. And by the way, if there's ever a conflict between our angels and the devil's angels, because you're thinking, okay, so we've only seen angels against people. What about, we know there are demons. Okay, fallen angels are demons. What about if ever that happens? Where do we stand? Well, I want to leave you with this verse. (coughs) Hey, those that that are on our side are so much greater. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 and 8, and we'll finish with this. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Verse 8, but they did not prevail. They lost their fight. And it says, 
nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Understand that the angels of God that work for you are so much more powerful than those that have fallen. Amen? And you need to know we are on the winning side. Hallelujah. So whenever you're out there, and if you ever you start, if ever you start to feel concerned, and you trust in God, understand something, you're not on your own. If you were to open your eyes, if Elisha was there and said, oh Lord, open his eyes, or her eyes, you would see these angels standing around you. Their job is to protect you. Amen? And they'll do it in all kinds of ways. Hallelujah. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children and having these incredible beings looking after us, ministering to us. And we take none of them for granted, nor do we misuse our authority concerning them. We thank you, Lord, that we show respect to them. We understand that even though they're here to serve us, they are very powerful beings. And they have chosen to be on our side. And I thank you, Lord, that we show appreciation for that and that we learn to work together with them. And understand that there are times when we might be weak, but we know that they're always there. They are strong. And they can stand between us and whatever calamity is coming our way. And we thank you, Lord, that we, we want to take a moment to thank those angels right now. We don't want to get to the place where we get to heaven and we see our angels and we find out what their name is and we get to know their personality and realize how much they went through on our behalf and weren't acknowledged one moment, one time. So we want to do that right now and say thank you. Thank you for looking after us. And Lord, we thank you for sending them for creating them, for redeeming us so that we can be in your family and be a part of all of this. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.